What kind of tea is Pusha T? Like, like, is it chamomile? Is it Earl Grey? Is it? I think something spicy. Something spicy. What do you think? I don't. I don't want to call him chamomile because I feel like that would insult him. He might be insulted by chamomile. Do you think he's cozy chamomile? You know, one time I saw Two Chains drink chamomile. It was like an a GQ thing. I did see two. Yeah, I remember that. I do remember Two Chains drinking chamomile. I feel like that suits his personality. But what kind of tea is Pusha Tea? I feel like it has to be like Earl Grey. I feel like Earl Grey is like the harsh English tea that gives you bad teeth. <laughs> And like, <laughs> that like yeah, like there's an Earl. They drink a lot of tea over there, right? Doesn't like Earl. Doesn't like tea supposed to like do something bad to the enamel on your teeth, kind of like crack cocaine. No, but that just make that up. I just know it's not sweet tea. It's like, definitely not it's sweet definitely tea. Not sweet tea. <laughs> it's definitely not Lipton's. Like, have you tried to order sweet tea in Virginia? Oh, they man. just bring you tea with like a sugar cube. <laughs> like there you I'm go. I'm sorry. It's not real. Like even at McDonald's, it's just it's just straight regular tea. Virginia's weird because it's technically part of the American South, and yet they don't act like it at all. No, at all. No, not why, even a little bit. Why? Why are you asking these questions? I don't know. It's just things that I randomly think about. Like, <laughs> what, what kind of tea is pushing tea? Like I feel like Earl Grey should be the answer. Do you think he thinks about that? I think he probably thought about it now that his name is like now that he is like officially Pusha T uh-huh. for the sake of Twitter. Like uh-huh. I feel like he has to have thought about it at least once. What I wanted to know yesterday is what Pusha T would think of Scorpion. Yeah. He'd probably skip it all. Probably you think so? so? Yeah. I feel like he would skip probably every song. I think he might listen to the Primo track out of like respect for Primo. Which song was that again? Uh, Sanders Rose. Rose. Yeah. Okay, he might listen to that one just to see what Primo did. Cause that, and that's also the one where he like addresses his mom, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. He talks about his mom and 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 all those sorts of things. Uh, short of that, like I, I'm pretty sure that like Pusha T didn't even waste the fake email address <laughs> signing up. <laughs> for, <laughs> for Wait, I would hope he has like a free account, right? Like uh, you know, Jay and him, they're cool. I think he has a free title account. He's I mean, not paying for that. I feel like Jay would tell him to support black business. R- oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what if Jay made all the rappers pay? <laughs> Every rapper that showed up to the title announcement was like, I need you guys to pay. Like right now. Like, like log in, credit card information, put it in. Why is this so? Okay, so this has nothing to do with like the things that we scheduled to talk about, but we're talking about it now. Right so here on what? We're, this is the Something to Say podcast. Oh, yeah, this is the Summer State Podcast. I'm Ja. Who are you? I'm Christina. And who are you? I'm Yo. Okay. Yeah, we're the three people here talking on this here so podcast. So what were we supposed to talk about? Um, Well, we're going to talk about Aubrey. We're going to talk about Scorpion. We're going to talk about some other Atlanta-based things. But um, so I saw a tweet today that you know, somebody was talking about how people are surprised that he has both or all three of – the, the triumvirate of streaming of Apple, Spotify, and Tidal. And he's like, people find this amazing or whatever. At what point, I mean, I know we went through Napster, we went through like Kazaa and like Free Music, Wild West and all, but what point does society just decide that music holds no value? Like, why is it crazy mm. to spend $30 a month for music? For all the music you want, whatever you want to listen to, why do people find that to be insane? I don't know, because like, because I do it. What about you, yo? How much money do you spend on streaming music? 
I, I spent fifteen dollars on Apple Music for me and like my family, and I got a free title account. So yeah, I need to pay Jay. Every time I buy, I do say. <laughs> every time I buy, I do say about it. I just think about all the albums I've downloaded from Jay Z and be like, here you are. This is you. you know, it's like what, like thirty five dollars. It's like what Blueprint, Blueprint yeah. Two, Black Album. Mm-hmm. I always feel like I pay him back because I can't download do say. But everything else, I can't download. Everything Duce. else, that might end up being the title of this podcast. <laughs> I can't download Duce. But um, I don't think it's super crazy to have to spend thirty dollars and have this unlimited catalog. But my fear is because I don't own it. You know, like if if something crashes or something goes down, it can be or just stripped from this is taken away. Like right. I, you know, it's very temporary when it's streaming. So I'm worried about that. And Best Buy stopped selling albums, R.I.P. Yeah, so, I did see that. Oh, yeah, Best Buy is no longer So we're really going to yeah. move into like the streaming age, but everything feels very temporary. Like it, I don't feel secure with my Apple Music or my, you know, my Spotify or my title because I remember when you guys weren't here. So yeah, what happens when you decide or someone buys you out and, you know, I don't have access to this anymore. And that music is just gone. It's just gone. Right. So is it a psychological thing? You think that since we don't have like physical copies, that people just don't equate the idea of like I shouldn't be paying for this. This should be free because I have a friend who's like that too. It's like a still for him. It's like a badge of honor. Like yeah, I think so. I'm not buying that shit. And I would say, but he says it with such disdain for the idea of spending money on music. I'm like, well, damn. Like you're the same guy who I mean, not I'm not the date myself but like i remember like go ahead date yourself no i just remember leaving high school i remember people skipping school to like go buy machiavelli mm-hmm. i remember like flying from school to go buy like volume two beats rhymes in life and like some other album came out this same day mm-hmm. it was a crazy week for hip-hop drops but going to buy the cd yeah if you didn't buy it the first week you know the, the first week might be 9.99 mm-hmm. if you didn't get it the first week from like hmv or blockbuster music maybe you had to pay like 16.99 right, right, right. so to me when i hear like 9.99 a month for like everything that i ever wanted in the world it doesn't really sound so crazy to have three pay for three streaming services but people seem very very like it's like a visceral reaction you to get. me it almost feels like the least you could possibly do and yeah go, the very minimum yeah amount. that's like come on guys this is an unlimited amount of entertainment and then going back to your point about like not feeling like secure um there have been a couple instances where the music does disappear in this current age because mm-hmm. it for whatever reason it's not able to translate like i think of Aaliyah, like somebody who's had a tremendous amount of influence on Aubrey as well as everybody else in music and her music can't be found online. So, you know, right. that's a reference point that's like completely gone. De La Soul is like another example because like for whatever reason due to sample clearances or any of that. It's not complete. The streaming, like everything that's on the streaming services, we have certain albums, but some some albums are missing songs. Right. Like just missing like a whole song. I think Schoolboy Q Blessings mm-hmm. from Habits and Contradictions is missing. It's not in, on any oh, that's weird. Yeah, like if you start to look around, you'll notice a lot of albums are missing songs. Hmm. I want to say it's like that for, I think it's Jay-Z's volume one. What's missing? I think, one? I could be wrong. I got to go check. I think Imaginary Players. No, nah, that's on. That's definitely on there. On Apple, Apple <laughs> Music? You're like, well, no, I just played it yesterday. <laughs> is it on there for Apple Music? Yeah, okay. I, I believe so. Because at one point, so. I feel like there was a, a Jay-Z album that I used to play a lot that I would go and look and be like, this nah. song really isn't available Reasonable here. Reasonable Doubt mm-hmm. is not on Apple Music. 
it's not on Apple Music or Spotify, I believe. I think that's a, a title exclusive. I can see that though. That's yeah. the one he got. That he has. That's the one he got the masters back yeah, from exactly. Def Jam for. So yeah, I could I could understand that. But that's like that's what's like. interesting is about like going back to the Leah point too is I think that's her uncle. Sure. Somebody. There's a. There's a whole oh, Barry Hankerson. I, I believe so. There's a yeah. whole complex article about why it's not on streaming services. Yeah. And that goes into like who owns your masters and if they decide or not to have it uploaded because you can literally just like snatch everything off if you own your masters and decide that people will not have access to your music. Yeah. And it goes back to Prince. Prince wasn't on um Apple Music and Spotify before his death. Right. But as soon as he died, it was like what within two weeks. And it yeah. was, it, yeah, it was just like a bum rush of like Prince music. Exactly. So, but that wasn't something he wanted. Right. You know, that's as soon as, you know, the estate was able to claim the music, they uploaded everything. So, I mean, I get why people might feel a certain way about streaming. It's definitely not, um, I don't feel like it's secure, but it's definitely the way of the world right now. I guess. And you know who's figured that out by now? Drake. 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 Oh yeah, he's, he has it. He has it down. The, the, the biggest artist of the streaming era right now. Are you all surprised by that? Uh, no, not not too crazy. But I think because he, I feel like he's so calculated. I think these are calculated. Like, they have marketing meetings about this stuff, okay? While other rappers are just talking about this upload eighteen songs, they having wait. Like, have whole, you been in one of these marketing meetings? Uh, they won't invite me. What? <laughs> they, they won't invite you. It's a dirty game. <laughs> it is. You know, we didn't get the call from Kanye to go out to Okay. Wyoming. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. OVO won't invite us no marketing meetings, you know. Right. No. Maybe you have to get like an owl brand <laughs> before they let you go into the meeting. It's gonna be like an owl outside our next podcast. It's gonna, <laughs> <laughs> gonna be an owl hanging out outside of like Drake's this. But it's gonna be an owl like uh it's gonna be like an owl droid or like an owl like <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be like a uh, OVO spy sent to make sure that we're not slandering Aubrey the way Christina is dying. To no, do I'm now. not dying to do anything. In fact, I'll even grant y'all the courtesy. What did you guys think of Scorpion? Can I start? Go sure, ahead. Absolutely. Go ahead. So, I like side A. I like side A because I like how emotionally exhausted Aubrey sounds. Like he sounds like someone who just may have impregnated someone he didn't like very much. Oh, my God. Just got exposed by uh, a former drug dealer from Virginia. And oh, my God. Lost probably, like, not not like the, the Adidas deal, but is in, in, in this space where he's trying to piece together his life. Like, I one thing about Drake is he's always kind of made his life sound like I'm successful and everything's pretty grand, except my love life. Except this album, nothing sounds grand. It just, <laughs> it's just everything. <laughs> everything kind of sounds like like even when he's like bragging, there's these little moments where you can tell like you're tired of this, huh? Uh huh. <laughs> like you're sick of being Drake. And why are you into that? Because I feel like that's what happens. Like I think that's what's supposed to happen. Like it's not supposed to be all glorious. Like I think fame is ugly. Uh-huh. I think being a celebrity gets very exhausting because you're trying. Because like I think Drake, he wanted to become the as famous as possible. As um, he wanted to break all these records, he wanted to do all these things. And I think um, success is something he just strived for, mm-hmm. and then he got it, mm-hmm. and it wasn't that cute. 
I want to say something real quick, not as an opinion, but just as like an observation. I feel like this was one of the first times where I felt like Drake did a knee jerk reaction. Like, you know how like with Pusha and like with Kanye, they have this tendency to like um, put out an album and record the lyrics like two weeks before like the shit is supposed to come out so that it feels very of the moment. Mm -hmm. I feel like this was the first time where I felt like Drake actually did that, that maybe he kind of had like a different album put together and then in light of like all the shit fuck that Pusha T created, he forced himself to go back and react to that in real time. I think he rewrote some lyrics. I think some of these verses sound like they were there before, but um, I interviewed Primo on Friday after the album and he told me there's a record with uh, Rick Ross that didn't make the album. And he said that he was mixing the record on like the 24th he um he hit up 40 and was like hey you guys gonna use this because they didn't have any drake vocals and he was like oh man we record until the deadline he said we record until the 27th mix and then we send in the next day so you know like nothing's final until so he thought the record he had you know produced Sandra's rose but he thought that the second record sale with rick ross was gonna make it but drake never got a chance to lay down the vocals but pretty much they were just working the entire time so i'm like i'm not surprised if a lot of this was done within that that last month. Yeah. But I'm super interested in what was before that. Like, yeah. what music was there before? Yeah. But you know what I do like? that I like how I'm Upset and God's Plan sounds like songs he recorded after the diss. You think so? They do. God's Plan sounds like something that could have been like a response to push it. Listen to God's Plan and think about if it came out afterwards. And I'm Upset afterwards. Mm. They just kind of fit the they're after me they're against me i have a son like <laughs> but here's the thing when is drake like not like that ever no nah, but i feel like there's a certain that is, kind, that of, is kind of his default but there's right a, there's a certain kind of energy about this this now that's just kind of like overshadowing the album because you like I, personally i don't think there's a single song on here about pusher but i think every like little jabs at kanye i have a whole theory Oh my God! No, this is this is like super light, but I think it was Kanye who told Pusha about his son, and I think he like hates Kanye now because there's two. I can see that. There's two things. There's two observations that I made just thinking about it is that Pusha, Pusha got that picture. He said someone sent that to him because you know people send me things, but he knew Drake's son's name, and you don't get that from the tabloids. Like how'd you know his name? Also, now Forty being sick isn't new because he's like the ambassador at MS. But if you think about it, that no one knows what Forty's condition is. So for Pusha to say, oh, your boy's sick, like really sick, it's either one, Drake confided in somebody about Forty's health and someone told Pusha, or he was just being malicious. Now, Forty never came out and said anything about it, but what if Forty really is sick and Drake confided that in somebody and they told Pusha? And I think the only person who would do all of that would be Kanye. Like, listen to 8 out of 10. Talking about, oh, your wife's going to hear this, your nanny's going to hear this, your kids are going to hear this. Mm-hmm. He's not talking about Pusha. At talking all. about Kanye. Yeah. A lot of this album is about, like, grappling with the fact that someone, he, I think he always believed Kanye West was someone that was going to look out for him. And I feel like he feels hurt. Like, really hurt by this. And that's why I kind of like the album. 
like you are giving like bravo levels of analysis right now like this is like the finale episode of real housewives (laughs) of atlanta where we go over every petty move and what was your motive and where's the scepter like is there more it's such an interesting song because it's like you can hear it you can hear that this is someone who has who wanted to get to the ivory tower and there's nothing in there but an empty crib well that's the thing that's funny about drake's music as a whole right like it feels like you can you can feel that that was his perception yeah like from the time you see that whatever that mtv crib style show that he did back at his crib in toronto and him having you know the table with all the musicians on it that he made, and having the, the push a T microphone, mm-hmm. and all of these things, you can tell he really idolized these guys. And in his mind, he was like, "Man, if I could just make it, I can be in a club with these yep. dudes, like, and we can all love each other, and everything could be dope." And then he got up there, he was like, "Oh, they don't fuck with me like that. Like, this makes people feel a type of way." Uh huh. Me doing all of these records and being as successful as I want to be like them makes them feel a type of way to a certain extent. And it was like, now he doesn't know what to do with himself. Does that make for a good listen? Like, did you like Scorpion? I thought Scorpion, from the first listen, I'll say this. I wasn't blown away. I'm still not blown away. I think that the album is cool for what it is. Um... If, if it left me feeling like there was still, like Drake still had more potential, he didn't really all the way hit the mark. Interesting. And even with the fact that it was a double CD, it was kind of like, I know it was supposed to be like, you know, a rap side and an R&B side. And that sure. holds up kind of, but then not really because sure. it's there's still rapping, enough rapping on side B to where it's not like... <laughs> You know, it's fourteen. I think it's fourteen songs on the on the second side, mm-hmm. and like twelve or thirteen, whatever. It's twenty five songs total, twenty six songs total. There's enough rapping on the B side that makes me feel like okay, this is this, like I don't even understand what the split is supposed to be about outside of just making two. From the last two or three projects he's done have all been twenty plus songs. So why did this one have to be any different? I don't see what the theme is necessarily. It just it sounds like a collection of songs. Now I agree with yo. I like the first CD much better than the second one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's interesting, man, because I don't know what this does for Drake. Oh, like God's plan. God's plan is already a hit. We know that. Nice for what is already a hit. We know that. There's songs that are great songs that we'll probably be hearing in some variety for probably forever when it comes down to it absolutely but i don't know what this album does for him yeah it doesn't the trajectory now it feels like a plateau or something like this isn't Mm -hmm. like launch into space like no he doesn't own the summer he doesn't own the summer Mm. he doesn't own the summer not even with those songs they're too old now to me Ah, they still ring off i I went to a i went to a bougie hip-hop brunch on Saturday. Oh, hey, listen. <laughs> I, I okay. To, no, shout out to my man Sean Fallion and Sue Solo. I went to Get Brunch. Those of you who are listening to this who are in Atlanta know about, probably know about Get Brunch uh, at BQE on Edgewood. All right. But so you um, went to brunch. I went to brunch, and nice for what comes on, and the, the energy still went up. Uh-huh. You know, I, the girls are loving the song. They, every lyric is about them. They're in their phone, Snapchatting and filtering and selfieing. Yeah. They're in every verse, and they right. love it, and everything is still cool. But I just, it doesn't feel like this album does anything Yeah. for his career. Like, yeah. where does this even log in his 
list of albums at this point. I mean, I know it might be early for that, but I mean, like, are most Drake fans going to say this album is better than Take Care? No. I don't think so. I wonder if that's even, that question does even enter their mind. But I don't know. At the same time, if you're talking to Drake fans specifically, in this particular age, it almost doesn't seem to matter. Like, I don't know about you guys, but Drake fans in particular seem very defensive of Drake right now. Hmm. For any, like, reason. For sure. Yeah. When you just lose a beef, you know how Meek Mill fans were very defensive for him when back-to-back drops. Yeah. I feel like when, you, when you're on the losing team... You, you gather the really yeah. like you gather the wagons, and yeah. <laughs> but if you, you have know. these top performing singles, and if you have like a Spotify takeover, then how are you on the losing team? Well, that's the thing. He was never gonna lose on yeah. that side. Uh, on the on the commercial the side commercial side, he was never gonna lose. Right. But when you don't respond, you kind of forfeit. I guess. So. Like if you, forfeit, I'm wondering if Drake if fans just care about, about that stuff. Though. I mean, probably. Well, they depends have to, on what kind they of they have Drake to fans. hear people say push a one. You know, like they have to hear that Drake doesn't have the classic. You know, there's certain things Drake fans have to hear that they might feel very defensive about. But I also believe that you just can't talk about the numbers uh-huh. anymore. But that's a very yeah. specific Drake fan, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fourteen-year-old yeah. Rebecca doesn't give a <laughs> shit. Rebecca. Fourteen-year-old Rebecca doesn't give a shit about any of that. I feel like she tweeted him to death. <laughs> that was so specific. Yeah. <laughs> like, she doesn't give a shit about Pusha T. She doesn't give a shit about Adi Don or any of that. So, I mean, like, and that's a lot of his fans, right? Yeah. Like, uh-huh. Drake is a huge artist. Mm-hmm. In the hip-hop community, which I think he still, regardless of how big he is, I think he still wants the respect of. He uh-huh. does. He still wants that. So, it's like, that has to hurt a little. That hurts him a little bit, I think. Sure. Sure, sure, sure. I mean, he he didn't have any L's prior, right? Like, right. Even right. with the common thing, you couldn't say Drake lost. Oh that. God, that feels like so long yeah, ago. Yeah, like, that's the weird. Part. And it feels so petty. Extremely yeah, petty. petty, like tiny. But it was be between common and Drake. It was a thing. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that was crazy. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Uh, I like how in the intro he mentions um, this little scuffle with Puff. He mentions uh, the Philly guys that try to end him trading shots with goats. Like that's what I like about the intro is like you get this um, scattered brain, yeah. Almost like he's it's not like someone that just survived getting shot, but didn't go to the hospital. They just went to the trade the studio, <laughs> and like you didn't kill me, right? That's what it sounds like. But also like you just I'm got still shot. alive. You still right. a bitch, <laughs> <laughs> but you still got shot. But you still oh, you still leaking out. But yeah. that's what you know. I think even Drake. If you look at the the album music description of the album, like he's aware. Wait, what did it say? Oh, you haven't seen the editor's notes? No, no, I haven't. Okay. Let's read them aloud for the class. And while you pull them up, like, you know, it's funny. I, listening to you guys, like, talk about the album, I feel like I agree with you in general. Mm -hmm. Like, I thought we were going to fight today. (laughs) (laughs) But, but not so yet. So, after I listened to Scorpion, I immediately pulled up well first i pulled up future because that was like the last like if you count future and hendrix as like a double album i was like right all right let's listen to this as a basic basis of comparison but then i pulled up reputation by taylor swift have you guys heard of this ongoing like comparison between drake Drake and taylor swift vaguely vaguely okay so in what way like in the sense that both of them are uh came up as like 
child stars, basically. Drake coming True. up in Degrassi and then Taylor Swift coming out of Nashville when she was like 16 as like a country star. But them having grown up in the public and not only becoming like major uh, artists to be reckoned with, but in, they did so at, like while posing as like a very like sort of like leaning into like these goody two shoes like oh just me oh me sort of like persona because mm -hmm. i mean the way that taylor swift always acts at award shows is very much the same way that drake always acts like in hotline bling or whatever there's that same sort of like goofiness the same sort of like man i'm just like clowning around and all this type of shit like i'm the good guy right basically as, as drake would say um the reason why I felt it was appropriate to pull up Reputation was because there was a similar string of events leading up to that album that also included Kanye West when Kim Kardashian outed Indeed. Taylor Swift and called her a snake for all that shit or whatever. So it was a very similar bit of events where all of a sudden they get pinned as like the bad guy, mm -hmm. right? Um, but while Taylor Swift sort of like leaned into the villainous role, um, for better or for worse, I thought it was really interesting how Drake decided to approach it because it felt like he just sort of decided to stick to his like basest instincts as like a, like this feels like every bit of a parody of a Drake album that I feel like we would have gotten in the sense that, okay, here's a guy who can sing and rap and alternate between the two like somewhat okay guess what i'm gonna give you two albums where i divide those things in half and then on top of that there's a bit of arrested development going on where he seems to have the same sort of weird childish ideas about how women are supposed to act and how boys will always be boys and stuff like that it kind of feels like he just hasn't really aged out of that but part of me also wonders if he just knows that that's what people want so like to that's interesting yeah so to me it, he he does address some of the beef some of the ongoing concerns some of the scuffles with like you know p diddy and all that but he decides you know what we're just gonna go with a quote-unquote winning strategy out of this um and so that's why i think the album sucks but it's fine <laughs> So you're saying that even for even by your standards of what you see in Drake, you still feel like this is a dollar store version of himself. Oh, absolutely. Because at least with Reputation, and this is an album that I don't even technically like because this is Taylor Swift trying to do like her worst, like I'm a rap villainous or whatever. And it, it sounds a just rap as, villainous. And it's just Taylor as corny Swift. as it sounds. But at least Taylor Swift kind of went out on a limb and tried something artistically. Like I was trying to think back to the last time that I felt like Drake made a quantum leap or the time where he was most successful at doing that from a production standpoint. And while at least Taylor Swift tries to do that, the last time I really thought like, wow, being really impressed with like the direction he was going in was probably Take Care. Yeah. Mm. Well, so. the, well, the funny part that I think with how he approached it as far as having like two sides of a CD is like, not even just to follow the trend, but uh -huh. I think you'd have been better off doing like not seven songs, but like ten or twelve. Like do something different for, by your own standards. There is a really good album tucked in those twenty-five songs. <laughs> yeah, I will if, give yeah, you if, that. Yeah, if you took those songs and you said, "I'm going to take twelve of these," yeah, thirteen of these, yeah, and say this is what it is, right? 
Okay. Yeah. Because this is my thing with Drake. I understand that you are uh, a marketing machine. Uh huh. Like, there's Aubrey Graham, and then you jump into the telephone booth and you become Drake. And you go into the recording studio and you make records, hit records. This is supposed to be the big records. But you can always find, like, tend to have, like, really good deep cuts. And I don't know why he has this infatuation with fat. More Life has a lot of fat. But I felt the same way as if you take the deep cuts. Mm hmm. That's a pretty good album in there. Mm-hmm. Views is not, that's not true. Mm-hmm. It's just not a good album. Okay. But some of the more like fatty projects that he releases, you cut some of the fat off and he's always going to have like a pretty good album. Right. But for whatever reason, they're just like dedicated to over trying. Yeah. Because they, I think they try, like you can hear with this, there's a record that's supposed to appeal to everybody. Uh-huh. That's what you said about earlier, like him uh, making certain like references to make you kind of feel like, well, do you believe this or do you think this works? Right. Really, he'll talk really general about certain things. Oh yeah, the whole like that, Instagram thing. But that's what I liked about March 14th because you couldn't be general about this situation. Like you had to be very honest about how. I don't know if it's true that he only met that woman twice, but when you're you're not on good terms with somebody that you have a child with that creates certain uh friction yeah you know i believe he's only seen that kid like once or twice and yeah it, feels it, that was, way. it was like i couldn't help but feel cynical about that because that definitely felt like all right you know what i'm gonna record this song just because i'm gonna give people a reason to listen to this album now no i think he had to explain it though i think you had to i don't think you can have pusha t out your son's whole name right and and, and tell them that you don't have a good relationship with the mother and not explain that to people mm-hmm. because I mean I think like record four he, emotionless he talks about having the son even though it was really lame but oh my god that, that was, was the so... record that I feel like made Mike like stop listening he was just like no nah, bye <laughs> hey, I like the song but that was not a line I needed that was not life. it <laughs> but I think like you he just had to be like you can even hear in his tone like he doesn't want to make that song that's not a song yeah. he wanted to make. It felt like Jay Prince shoved him in the booth. He's like, you're going to dress right. this. Well, you know, the other part about it is, honestly, as I listen to those songs, I listen to all the kid talk on the album, I feel like up to this point, like he's made a living off of being vulnerable. Whether mm-hmm. it be shallow, you know, whether you want to qualify it as shallow or, you know, what have you, I feel like his whole thing has been like, I'm going to tell you about these life experiences, these things I've done, whether they're corny or whatever they are, I'm going to talk about all this shit i'm gonna say the girl's name and all of this Mm -hmm. and it felt like with with the with the son thing it feels like he didn't it feels like he definitely did it as a response more than as he because he might have talked about it in a certain kind of way but i feel like he wasn't as open about the son thing as he was about the relationship thing because at the end of the day he started off before he even talked about the shame part of because it, it felt like he, all the bars are shame bars. Like mm. it all feels like I'm talking about my son, even though I'm ashamed of myself. Even a bar where he says, "You know, I found out in Miami, and I said, you know, break out this champagne, whoop de whoop." Yeah, it sounded like he either was lying or even if that did really happen. He did it to kind of save face that like, hey, we're gonna yeah. celebrate this. It sounds like he's very ashamed of himself. Yes. And he doesn't right. but he doesn't admit that into the very right. last song. Yeah. The other the other bars earlier in the album are more like, Hey, I'm a dad, I'm gonna take care of my kid, I love my kid, whoop de whoop de whoop. And then we finally get to the, the very the, the, the nitty gritty of it and he's like, 
damn, I fucked up, dog. Yeah. Like, I wasn't I supposed to do this. I There's wasn't a like, never mind a push yeah. your T thing. I was not supposed to get this woman pregnant. Like, mm. I'm not supposed to be in this situation. And I feel, I think that push it, I'm mean, not push it T. I think Drake probably feels worse about that than he does about push it T and whatever Same. that shit is. That's Same. just the truth. I, I, I think we, so. can, we can make fun of him all we want to. I think he's upset on a, that on a human level. Out of it. Yeah, I think he's upset I, to push think, it out of it. And it's connected I, I, to push it to I argue with you want to say. I think he's ashamed. I think he's ashamed of himself. Super and ashamed. And that's, that's the feeling that I get from this album. Damn. It's just like, damn. like He's probably upset he didn't get a chance to be the one to tell people about the situation. For sure. I'd be, I'd be upset, too. I'd be really upset. I if, don't know. This sounded like he was upset that the Adidas campaign didn't line up. There is a certain ah, level There's hey, a bro. certain level of shallowness to even like the reflections that he has about being a new dad that it's just like, are you sure you've really thought about this? Look, I get upset when I only get a three hundred dollar invoice. If you mess up <laughs> a million dollar deal. I'm yeah, he's upset. probably pissed about that too. What? But I just, feel, I just, I just can't. Like even when you know when he's when he talks about what is the line he said about uh, look, this is the funny thing I talked to. He says, uh, "Single father." What he said something about a single father. I hate to hear it. Uh, and yeah. The, the funny part about that was that a. A, you don't really hear single father being said much in many rap songs. I don't know how many rap songs is where they talk about a single father. But the other side of that coin is that, like, you only met this kid, like, once or twice. So you're not really a single father. Like, she's a single mother. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 you're not even really with this kid. So, like, how single fatherly yeah, are point. you? Like, you, you said you have an empty crib inside my empty crib. So there's a house that you own somewhere that has <laughs> stuff that kind of supposed to be for your kid, but like you're not even really in that house. Oh, so man. like that is <laughs> wow. So I found I found that a little bit like funny. Like okay, I get it. Like I yes. guess technically you are a single father, but like you're not a single father the way she's a single mother. Like she's not even in America or right. anywhere in North America. Like she is over in. Paris or wherever the hell she's at. Mm -hmm. But you're not waking up at 4.44 to change no diapers. Right. Or whatever. So, like, I like you know. that you mentioned 4.44 because I was going to segue into, like, how Jay-Z and Beyonce just dropped an album celebrating love and Drake's albums about how he didn't find his Beyonce. You know, the guy that made Best I Ever Had did not have the best he ever wanted. Oh, that's true. Like, that, I mean, that, that Drake seems like so long, so long ago, ago. Yeah. but like i always feel like if you think about it that all the drake's albums are about women that kind of left him before he could settle down with them and this one he didn't get a chance to leave like he didn't leave. like she, like you can tell he's not excited about having to be with this woman for the rest of his life this is not the one but he and, also kind of has to know is he fucked up like, right but like but you can just tell this when i say this is not the one this is not the one he imagined this is yeah. not the one like they, like if you talking about there's no more fairy tales only ones that i tell you i love that bar because his life is no longer a fairy tale oh like yeah, drake yeah, 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 i think yeah, drake yeah. always imagined he was going to have a rihanna or he was going to have a, a mariah carey he was gonna have a beyonce he was gonna have this this woman and even if she wasn't like a r&b woman but she she was gonna be the apple of his eye and the woman that he met twice has his son and he's hurt because it's just it's not the way he envisioned his life i, I agree with you he's ashamed of this i think he's definitely ashamed like of it. 
like I it, and it's funny because this is this is something money can't change. This is something that's why uh, I yeah. love. I love people like, well, this is official. It's in like he's like he's opening the the paper. That's like you are the father, and he's like, well, I can't deny it anymore. Like the same side that he had on the Duffy freestyle is the same side he probably had. When he opened up that paper, I got that news of like. Oh my God, I almost forgot about the Debbie first. That's how forgettable this. The the whole, whole mess was. The yeah. whole mess was, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just, I mean, yeah, I I think there's a I think there's a level of shame there, and I think that um I mean listen man nobody likes condoms but sometimes you got to use them. <laughs> like, they're not fun. Everyone one knows time. they're not fun. All it takes like, is one time. He said that too. He said his mom told him that it only takes one time, and you got to think like. Not for nothing, like, Drake has been a really big deal for about a decade. Three uh-huh. sets of three years, as he put it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. uh-huh. And you finally got caught. Like, that's uh-huh. a pretty good shooting did, percentage for the did, most did, part. Right. Because, like, <laughs> this is not the first woman. Let's be very, very clear right. about it. I refuse to believe this is the first woman that Drake has had unprotected sex with who he had no intention on being in any type of relationship with. Okay. So you were able to do this for 10 years? More or less, he's a Ugh. far better shooter than Future. Way better. Stop! Way, he's a better, way better shooter. Than way future. better shooter. Like, it doesn't. It's not even like you got away with that for ten years, my G. Like, that's crazy. Right. Oh Pat yourself God. on the back. Yeah. You like, know, you, you know, be happy that you got a chance to play the game. <laughs> right. and if, oh my if God. If you thought that you were going to like, if you if you thought you were going to find the apple of your eye, then I'm sure at this point you had many opportunities to get them, and you chose hoes. Wow. Cool. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> I mean, but this is what Drake is doing. Like that's all these girls that he raps about are not like he'll say my exes, but like these aren't his exes. Hold on. Didn't Jay find Beyonce when he was thirty one? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Why do you why why do you ask? You think, it, you think like, it's his year? Oh uh, no, I just think that Jay's shooting percentage was pretty good too. I feel like he could have slipped up. But like, for sure. Nah, he, oh, well, and, but there's and, and, also a lot of stuff we just don't know about, guys. Yeah, yeah no, I, mean, I mean, that's very true. I mean, yeah. Obviously. But the person that made Big Pimp and didn't have a child until it's wife. So that's just what I'm saying. Well, the one girl was pregnant, though. Which the girl, one? The girl that he raps about on This Can't Be Life. Oh. She was pregnant. She lost the baby. I didn't think about that. Good yeah. Point. So technically, Same. but I mean, but that's 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 the one that we know. Now, who knows about, you know, uh, whatever other, other you know, whatever. Because, you know, there was that one kid they said that he put on the island. <laughs> right, he like you remember that. He <laughs> he to like yeah, Jay Z has a kid like that's somewhere. Like Drake's gonna try it. He's gonna he's follow all the other Jay Z moves. Yeah, he's gonna send Adonis. He didn't even say Adonis' name. Like nah, you said the name according on Hooters on Peachtree, totally and you wouldn't say Adonis' name. Like he's ashamed. He's slow. Ashamed. <laughs> he's very. That is this ashamed. is the only review of Scorpion that matters. Is what you just <laughs> yeah, said right now. That's, I mean, that's he didn't even say the kids. He, didn't even, he, he said also, the names of a million people. He also didn't mention the whole forty thing. That's also what I'm super interested in about like forty's health. That's the one thing. Right. He didn't that's respond true. To. He didn't he go talked about the big uh, the the suits, the Bernie Mac suits. He talked about you know Saunders Rose, but he didn't touch on forty. He didn't say Adonis. Was Which kind of leads me to believe that maybe forty isn't doing so great because I feel like. His, uh, I don't feel like he would come on a record and be like, "Yeah, 40's fucked up." I think he would come on and be like, "Yeah, 40's good," or you know, right. whatever. Make it like smooth it over. Mm-hmm. He didn't say anything about it, which makes me think like, "Damn, is 40 alright?" So let me ask y'all this: uh, 40 was diagnosed with MS in 2005. Mm-hmm. So in 2005, he had to, um, he lost his ability to walk. 
Okay. And he was had to relearn how to walk. It took him about three years to get back in motion. So it does like impair his his, his, his like his physical ability. For sure. Do you think that Drake's release schedule has anything to do with Forty's health condition? Like dropping an album every year because we need to do as many of these as possible because you know the studio's connected to 40's house right so like i realized like 40 doesn't tour the studio's connected to his house so everything is a accommodate 40 mm-hmm. right to make it easier for him so do you like schedule your releases based on when he's well versus when he's not because with ms you can't it's like a day-to-day thing yeah you don't have any control have over no control right. so i always i've been wondering like all day how much of that plays into how I would much think it has music. to. Yeah. I mean, he's. I feel like Drake has never shied away from how much 40 means to mm-hmm. everything that he's ever done. So I feel like be, being everything that you just said, I feel like they have to accommodate 40 and the schedule just goes how it goes. If we get, you know, if he's well for, you know, nine months a year, yeah. then during those nine months, we got to do we got lock in. Lock yeah. in and do everything we have. I mean, it would make sense to me just logistically, but. What you think? Uh, I mean, I'm sure that has a lot to do with it, but we also have to, um, we also have to remind ourselves that Drake is a, a capital A artist, you know, in the sense that, and we're kind of operating in an era and he's operating within a genre that doesn't really allow for really long breaks Mm -hmm. like i feel like this summer has been almost like another one of those like blockbuster marvel summers where like every big like artist within this sphere felt obligated to drop something yeah we're having infinity war right now we (laughs) are having infinity war right now and so like i i'm sure that you know that must factor into things but i think drake also recognizes that he is not in a place where he feels like he has to he can like step aside you know what i mean because rap is all about dominance it's all it's all about dominance and it's about maintaining that and you know like drake is at a point and he's been in the game for so long that we have come to anticipate that drake release like we come to expect it and so like he you know being the artist that he is feel probably feels obligated to also just deliver there's a there's a regimen to this now where like yeah. we can almost sense like our Drake Spidey sense like comes up. It's like where where is he? And then before you know it, like here come here he comes with the Blop Boy JB lookalike. You know what I mean? Um, I do want to seg a little bit since you were talking a little bit about Mariah Carey about the different influences in this stuff because in the past he has sort of like looked to the to the south, particularly to Atlanta. Uh, as means for inspiration but with this album it feels a little bit different right i mean i feel like there's a lot of um i still feel like there's a lot of trap drake but i don't know if it's a thing that at this point when i hear trap drake i don't know if it's a function of kind of what you were saying earlier like is this just what people want or is it just like Damn, I hear Young Nudie, or I hear Gunna, <laughs> or I hear, I hear like all of these dudes coming. I hear Little Baby, and I'm like, I need a piece of that. Uh huh. I need a piece of that. And so I don't know. Like he, it's it's interesting because I mean, I he hasn't recorded. Well, I think the last thing he recorded down here was What a Time to Be Alive. Yeah, I believe. I don't know. I mean, he might have popped in a tree sound here and there, you know, like as working on this album, but um. It feels like he hasn't been down here 
as much recording since since that time. But I mean, one of his first big songs was Houston, Atlanta, Vegas. Like I feel right. like him and Drake in Atlanta is like he has this thing where he just, you know, I, it's weird. Like how many Canadians are in Atlanta? <laughs> I've never met one. I've never met I've never a met single one. Canadian in Atlanta. Like I'm assuming he just ended up here because of Wayne, and Wayne was coming here a lot, so that's how he ended up coming to Atlanta a lot. I've never really heard him ask that question before, even like talk about Atlanta in any like. I mean, Nikki was down here too. Right. Oh, true. Yeah. Well, because Deb Abney. Mm-hmm. Because of Deb Abney, and so she was recording like with Gucci Mane out of like Zaytoven's basement. So. I, I could believe that, you know, Drink linked up via Nikki to the to Gucci yeah, to he, like to two chains. Like a and all couple that. of Gucci records early on. Like right. earlier, right. early Gucci records. Right, right, right. But what is Drake's like connection to Atlanta? Is it just kinda like the hotbed for him? Like he knows he can come by here and, and soak in whatever sauce is dripping or Did Atlanta adopt us? Or <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, I guess to the extent that, like, I mean, I know that he, I know that he has done a lot of recording down here. Yeah. Um, You know, I know he's fond of the city in that way, but it isn't the same type of thing as, like, Jeezy coming from, like, South Georgia up to Atlanta, but really being out here. Okay, yeah. Like, I don't see Drake, like, out here, out here in the way that you see, like, an Atlanta artist really be. At least at a certain point, as far as when the when the nightclub culture was really really popping, like early two thousands, mid two thousands, and you pretty much see a lot of these artists. You see Jeezy and BMF and Ludacris and Ti and all of these people out and about in the club in different places. And I don't mm-hmm. think that Drake has really. I don't think he's been a part of the city in that kind of way. I just feel like it's been a place for him to come and hang out and record and maybe kick it with some of his friends and hang out with 2 chains. But, Well, I mean, if considering how savvy Drake has been through throughout his entire career, sort of aligning himself and sort of putting us on to all these new artists in a way that I don't think a whole lot of music blogs have really done yeah. since he came out, you know, like, I mean, I would just like to believe that he kind of looked at what the scene that was happening here and kind of saw the collaborative nature in, in it and understood like, this is where a lot of the innovation was coming from, or at least some of the hotter records were coming out from at that right. time. And was like, I need to get with that. I mean, like, I feel like that was a very early example of how he could see like where the tides were the tides were shifting yeah that was fun funny when he finds like a mcconan you know yeah mm-hmm. like that's interesting even though tuesday was like a record and uh don't sell mine no more was a record it's just i don't think anyone else like on a major label scale was looking at mcconan he had all the producers right but you know drake is someone that's like okay i can i can do something with that i can jump on that and I mean, I, I was really kind of upset that the OVO deal didn't work out for McConan in his favor, but just, like, Drake's intuity of, like, recognizing when something... I don't know if he knows when something's going to be hot or did he just believe something's going to be hot, even with 21. Mm-hmm. You know, he was, like, one of the first major artists to align himself with 21. This is when, like, 21 was, like, scary 21. Yes. Yeah. This was 
before uh, <laughs> hockey before, mask 21 before it's a knife was a meme and you really thought like before before 21 was saying spongebob square pants right. in a video for vogue or like, whatever right i'm not saying tony was not scary now but like we're used to him you know yeah, 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 yeah. but like there was a time where i feel like everyone was between thinking he was gonna be the hottest guy in atlanta or he was going to be like some monster Mm-hmm. That you know, they just did not know what was gonna happen with Twenty One Savage. Right. Uh, I don't think anyone saw him being like a star, and and Drake jumped on. Drake gave him a record, you know, and mm-hmm. phew, X blew up after that. Like he had like a huge summer that summer. It was a great he really summer did. Twenty One. Um, who else did he like? The Migos was a was an interesting look too because just how we had talked earlier about um, the disbelief. And that the Migos could be, you know, the Migos. The Migos. Right. Like, it would be a thing. Like, Versace was going to be the only record. And, you know, you know, being in Atlanta, you saw Hannah Montana. You saw Bando. But Versace was the first one to really break on a, a national level. And people heard that record and was like, okay, I like the Drake verse. But these other guys, like, what are they here for? Right. And now everyone loves Bad and Bougie. So it's just yeah. interesting how Drake kind of, I'm not saying he takes a risk because a lot of times aligning yourself with people isn't risky, but he will be very strategic in who he aligns with. And I feel like he picks very interesting people from Atlanta. Yeah. Um, I agree with you, but I also think that it's, it's you know, we were also talking earlier. It's funny that that same thing that we're talking about right now that has been, you know, helpful to a lot of artists has also been like, a weapon that's used against him in the eyes of the fans. Mm. Mm. Like F- fans or critics specifically? They are. You're asking fans. Yeah, critics? yeah, yeah. Because um, yeah. I'm, I'm interested in how. Fans well, maybe. Um, well, maybe not. Well, I think some of the people who have used this critique against him are probably also his fans. Okay. So I think part of it is like it's the cool joke to tell, and then it's also like you know I guess it has. Um, if you want to argue that side, you can easily argue that side because of the records that he's jumped on that he's made big. If you want to say Drake is riding the wave or Drake is trying to, you know, steal the sauce from other artists, then like you can make an argument for that because, you know, the evidence is there. I guess if you want to look at it that way, but I mean he's helped a lot of artists out, and those most of those artists seem appreciative. Yeah. And you know, twenty one seems to be one of those. I mean, I know he made that comment in GQ last week. Oh yeah, what did he say? He said that Drake should get more credit, basically, for helping younger artists and putting people okay. on, and like not putting people on, like make like bring you from nothing, but mm-hmm. like giving artists who maybe on a cusp or maybe not have any look, like a good look. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he was basically saying he doesn't get a lot of credit for that. And in sure. certain Instagram posts that I saw, I saw a lot of other artists rappers kind of agreeing with that sentiment that drake doesn't get enough credit for you know looking out for people or sure 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 so i mean i guess it depends on on, on how you look at it i mean i know you, you know the i guess the migos had like hot and cold feelings about- yeah, yeah yeah i mean a lot of it a lot of their sort of like gripe at the time was just based on how drake seemed to be taking a lot of or not taking but seen but seemed to be getting a lot of the credit for the for the success of Versace, the fact that like his verse was like a first and upfront, that coupled with these very low expectations that for the most part that they were going to be a one hit wonder. So I felt like, you know, in subsequent interviews they were saying like, oh, you know, like we didn't really need Drake to get on there. Like that is not yeah. something that we needed to do. Um, I do think it's interesting. Like, 
looking back at the sheer number of artists that he's kind of turned himself on to, I mean, it is very impressive, like, just how strong of an ear, like, Drake has. Like, if you really think about it, we hadn't we hadn't really been paying attention to The Weeknd before Drake, turn, like, put him on. And that's kind of crazy to imagine, like, what music would be like without him. There's, like, countless examples. But I guess, like, the reason why people would choose to – use that as a source of criticism is because at the same time he sort of like inhabits their personas or their their regional styles mm-hmm. or even like flows to where he becomes a culture <laughs> vulture so it's a very very tenuous line yeah. you know it's like okay like cool he's putting his on to these really great artists but then he also like kind of jacks their swag a little bit it's almost like uh Back when you go used to be in high school and you see somebody with a shirt and you be like, Ah, I need that shirt. Right. Like, <laughs> so you might go find like another colorway, but you but know I need that shirt. I right. That shirt. I gotta have that shirt. Oh my god. Man. I love that you were equating it to like Degrassi level. <laughs> god, you're right. That is like yeah, this is definitely some Degrassi. It's uh, like the LN episode when they had the Fubu shirt. That was an amazing. It was episode. an amazing episode. Yeah. But I've been thinking about like middle school ever since then. Like ever since that episode, I was like, middle school was hard, <laughs> hard time in life. But uh, before we transition out of this, I think something that's interesting was the Club Paradise tour. Okay. Like now, there's one thing to jump on a record, but like taking Rocking Kendrick on tour was super interesting to me as far as. They both had buzzes at the time, but Drake was definitely the bigger artist. And, like, Drake, you know, 2018, he takes the Migos on the road with him. Mm-hmm. But I've seen him take, like, Sine Aiko on mm-hmm. the road. I've seen him take, you know, like, countless artists who their fan base is nowhere near the size of his. Uh-huh. So what is what is Drake Drake's interest in, in uplifting other artists that's not an OVO? Because obviously we've seen P&D, Division, and um, every other guy with OVO in his bio doesn't get the same kind of recognition as other artists. Uh-huh. They don't get the same kind of opportunities. Uh-huh. And, I, and I never really got it. Because it's like not like how certain people like, I need you to work with me so I can sign you. Yeah. Drake will give you a feature or Drake will take you on tour and then he'll just like, all right, I'll see, see ya. you. Okay. I think it's one of those, th- I think he kind of answered that, but now that I'm thinking about it as you're talking about it, when in Duppy Freestyle, when he talks about Quentin Miller and he says, um, I was just helping a guy. I think that's how he looks at every single artist that he's done that for. Mm-hmm. Because clearly it doesn't seem like he has any interest in, like, building an artist up. Or, like, mm-hmm. to me it seems like he just, like he said, like, I'll just do a feature for you and that'll be it. Yeah, I'm not yeah, going to yeah. take any real long-term vested interest in your career. I'll just do the song and then right. that's it. Me, that's me giving you a little a little hope or a little lookout yeah, and then I'm going to go about my business. Sa- yeah, but at the same time, like, again, this is me just imagining, like, the absolute worst in Drake, which is the the thing that I am single best at doing. It's my top <laughs> skill at LinkedIn. But, like, honestly, part of me also thinks, like, okay, I feel like Drake wants to be known as this master curator. Like, if he, if Spotify mm. actually did belong to him, I feel like he would actually get a real kick out of that. I mean, he aligned himself with Apple Music for a reason, right? Because right. it gave him this really big opportunity to be, kind of be seen as, like, the face 
of like this big streaming company. Mm. But anyway, to my point, um, I feel like if he was solely to put on his signees that people would start to feel a little bit cynical about it. It's like, oh, you're just putting them on because they're attached to the label. And I think we feel that way with like with anybody that like, right. you know, with whether it's like Jay-Z and his like crews and, and so on and so forth. But like if he's doing it outside of his roster, then we're looking to him as from like more so respectful level. It's like, okay, like yeah, we're, we're lending our trust all in his ear. I think that's where he's coming right. from. And he's not signing them to any paperwork. Like, you're right. not my artist now. I'm not like, he doesn't seem to be taking a financial interest in these things. He's just like, yeah, I'm going to do this song. Because I think I can do your song probably better than you can. Now that might be. Oh my god! The, now maybe the, if you want to look at that as the yeah. arrogant evil part, then I guess you yeah. can take it that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I feel like you know maybe he's entitled to that. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying he's not entitled to that. Again, just a, I feel like I need to stop doing this. But like you know how when Taylor Swift goes on tour, like every, <laughs> every single night she is bringing out somebody, right? And right. a lot of times it's out of the goodness of her heart, like supposedly because they be the most random ass people. The U.S. Women's Soccer Team, yeah, Sierra yeah. and Russell Wilson, right. Fetty Wap. But like so at the end of the day, it's also like a testament to her influence. There, yeah, yeah, there's nobody else something. who's yeah, going to be able to like right. bring out the range of people. So right. I feel like it's also a flex. No, for sure. Okay. I can see it as a flex. Absolutely. I can respect it as a flex. I mean, I think, I mean, yeah, I think the flex is a lot of what I, mean, I think Drake whole thing with J-Lo was a flex. Oh my God. <laughs> like that was, <laughs> I that whole, that whole thing was happen. flex. They went to a prom and like was kissing and making out and dancing and doing the salsa and like, <laughs> the whole thing was a flex. And then he rapped yeah. about it. <laughs> and, then, and then he rapped about it. And rapped about how the number was changed and he couldn't text her back. That's I mean, that's Oh my God. Shit. I kept trying to imagine who that was about, but you're totally right. It is yeah. about J-Lo. It's about, yeah. Holy it's shit. So it's like the whole thing, it, it, that whole thing is funny. Like you, you did a flex and then you rapped about it, about how she basically curves you after the fact. And it's like. Yeah. Well, at least he was transparent about it. I, I would, no, I I would have never told you. If she I mean, you know the thing about I would I'd, I'd be inclined in not heart. to tell you if I only got curved. Yeah. <laughs> if it, if I got some action and then got curved, I then yeah. I'd be like, okay, well, it's not L. Like, if he's gonna tell the story, he's <laughs> gonna tell the story where he looks like at least halfway good, and he's not gonna tell you the story of whoever it is that was like, get the fuck out of here. Bro. Yeah. Like, okay. I'm sure there was some. I'm sure there's some Fair. of those out there too. Fair. Okay. So we've talked about our assessments of Scorpion. We've talked about it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. We've talked about our feelings about Scorpion. We talked. We've mm. analyzed the lyrics. We talked about um, his influence on music overall. Is there anything else y'all want to get out there? No, I feel like we. I feel like we did what we were supposed to do with Aubrey. We gave Aubrey his just due, right? <laughs> Yeah, Aubrey's supposed to be a big deal. We made Aubrey a big deal for like forty-five minutes, fifty minutes. I will say there's no, there's no like surprise feature on this one. Well, I guess Michael Jackson, but I don't really care. Oh my god, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, that's like it's funny how that was so exciting at one point in time, and then it became way exciting when I thought it was so exciting because I didn't know what it was. Everyone was excited except Christina. Christina shitted on it from the very beginning. She was so, and it turned out that she was right because (laughs) I was so upset she was right. (laughs) They butchered. Michael Jackson. You know, I'll, I'll say this. Or facsimile thereof. Or... So I had tweeted about Michael Jackson, and someone was like. No, what did you say? What was I the was tweet? like, <laughs> Aubrey's going to moonwalk back into our hearts. 
Oh yeah. my god. Good look. <laughs> so someone, that didn't age well. Someone's gonna be like <laughs> someone someone too. I don't know who said this, but it was like, You a dumbass. You know it's gonna be a So you a dumbass, you know it's gonna be a sample. So I was like, when it's not a sample, I'm gonna bring this tweet back up. Yeah, I'm gonna jump right down <laughs> and, and, and and like, you know, expose your ass. And then I heard it and I was like, This is not even good. This is not even happening. Can't, these... can't even do my whole plan, even though I'm not a dumbass. Yeah. Well it's interesting because I saw a lot of people that were declaring like either Summer Games or Ratchet Happy Birthday, like the worst Drake song ever. Summer but Games I think, is not that bad. I think the beat is great. Yeah. Oh no, 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 I'm sorry. You know, the beat on I like the beat on Ratchet Happy Birthday. Do you? It's a cool it, if it, if Wiz cool. Khalifa did that record, it would be a good record. No one would trip. <laughs> if Wiz Khalifa did that record, no one would trip. If Currency had that record on a random mixtape, nobody would trip. It just Drake didn't make a great song out of it. But the track is cool. I think it's the name that ruined it. Yeah, the name, yeah, early. the expectation of what it read like and then what it sounded like is very very different. But I'm just saying that to say is that people were like, oh, this is the worst Drake song. That Michael Jackson song might be the worst Drake song. Ever, he so. picked it as a single. Did he? No. Did you make a video for that? No. I saw it came up on my Twitter feed earlier that he picked it. I don't know if that's official. You might not want to quote me on that. But I did wow. see someone that he picked it as the next single for the album. And if you look at title, that they're promoting that as the suggested new track you should listen to. Oh, yeah. Which you there should you not okay, yeah. listen so the, to. So the, so the jig is already yeah, in. Like, this is what it gonna looks like they're going to pick that for the next single, which is, I really think it was like the emergency button in the laboratory was like, we need help. Call Michael. Right. Right. Yeah, but like. But if you're going to call Mike, then. then Sample Mike in the beat. Yeah, no, nah, Billy Jean sound would have been crazy. Uh, crazy. Like, do, been crazy. do that. Or... So, yeah, when people were saying that he was like quoting MJ, like Billy Jean, I honestly thought he got a Billy Jean sample and I was like, holy freaking I fuck. Like, very... how much money did he spend on that? Like, but it turned out tuition. worse than I could have even imagined. I'm sorry. I would have I... trusted no ID with a Billy Jean sample. I would have trusted no I trust Jean. no one. <laughs> Honestly, listen. I don't need anybody. That's a great mess- question though. Like, who do you trust with an MJ sample? With an MJ sample? No. I trust no ID with an MJ sample. That's- I absolutely trust him with an MJ. No. No, no, no. I might people, not trust Swiss people beats. have to stop messing with the childhood. <laughs> with an MJ sample. <laughs> what? I might, you know, there's probably guys I probably wouldn't trust with a Michael Jackson sample, but I would trust no ID in forty. With MJ I just think it's a bad idea, like all around, and just really, and have, literally, like we all idea. saw for what it was, which is like Drake breaking the in case of emergency glass yeah. and just being like, "I need to get myself to make push a T shook." But it's interesting that in 2018, <laughs> I mean, all respect due to Michael Jackson, he's one of the greatest ever. But in 2018, that's the break open emergency glass. Yes. Michael Jackson. Yes, it felt a, like a very last minute call to whatever label that yeah. is well, handling MJ good. right now. What do you have left? Help me. But I mean, is there any if it's like if if it would have been a sample of for the beat, that'd have been one thing. But does featuring Michael Jackson make you believe in 2018 that what you're gonna hear is probably gonna be good? Like out of ten times, that's the thing. Did you say featuring but Michael who, Jackson? Who Drake should time. have the sense to be like, listen, this is not gonna be able to add to anybody's it's legacy. To any, yeah, right. But like, who else can make that call? Who else can make the call for an MJ feature? Him and Hove. That's it. It's only two people. And, and, and Beyonce. And Hove's never done it. Hove's not going to do he's it. He's not. He, I don't think he would he do might, it. He yeah, might yeah. make the call for the sample. No, I, th- no, I think for the, if it's a, be, a, a track sample, I think yeah. he might I might, he might, might do it. But I feel like it was like a last-ditch effort by Drake to... I don't know if it was that they wanted something big. Uh-huh. But, you know, like I said, every Drake album has like a feature that kind of surprises you, like the Skeptic He'd have been bit off of Prince. And, 
Georgia interlude and you know the K- but, uh, Kendrick interlude, just like yeah. something to so, throw you off. Someone right? that nah. that throws you completely off. You're just like, I okay, you know. but none of that compares to a Michael Jackson. Right. He was yeah. clearly trying to I do mean, more Kendrick than had just Tupac on his album. So I f- I'm not gonna lie to you. I think Tupac. I think Tupac and I think Tupac and Prince would have been more effective than Michael yeah, Jackson. Yeah, he probably could have got like an unreleased Prince vocals. I so think he could have pulled that. He got hold on it. I think that would have been more trash, but that's okay. What do you think that that whole conversation was? What whole conversation? Um, to get that feature. I think that. Oh. I don't know how bad things were. But I feel like they had kind of like. They have such an odd relationship. It's an odd relationship, but I don't think their situation was like him and Kanye's situation. I feel like yeah. him and Jay Z might have been a, a a business thing that was like, you know. Maybe they went back and forth about something. I don't. I feel like it wasn't to the extent they couldn't patch it up. I mean, at yeah. one point, even when I thought they were beefing, I think was it the All Star game when Drake went over there and was like serving them drinks or like bringing Beyonce. Like, and at that time, I thought there was a problem, and clearly there was no problem. And then you know, I don't know, but if you can get Jay Z, you can get Prince. I mean, he got he got like a Jay Z last week too. Like uh, early, yeah. X had just passed when Jay turned that verse in, so it was. I'm not gonna say it was last minute, but he made that call. Was like, hey, I need a verse. Well, it's one of two things: either he been made the call and Hov's like, yeah, when I I get around to it before you drop, or he made the call last minute and this is what Hov gives you. I will say Jay's notorious for turning in his verse when your album's in mastering. Right, like, like that's a regular. That's, story. that's, that's what you say. Yeah, for him, that's <laughs> a regular thing. Okay. Like, yeah, album comes out on thirty first. Stories. Jay was just like, "Okay, I got you." Like J Cole's whole first album, they waited. They waited for that Jay Z verse forever, and it wasn't even that good. It was He's a tapping okay. Mr. Nice Watch, like, Mr. please Nightwatch, help me, like, Yo, bro. Like, <laughs> Jay, Jay, I know, I know. You said you was gonna get me last month, but please help me. Because they're asking for the album. Like, oh my you know, god, like, he has a lot of like those stories. Like, yeah, you know, Jay came at the last minute. It's like, yeah, I got the sixteen. But he's never like you know, the first verse I got was a Jay Z verse. No one's never said that. Nah, no, 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 no. How do you think we're gonna look back at this Drake album? You, Jaw, you kind of asked this question earlier, but how do you think we're gonna look back on this? I think it'll be, I think it'll be remembered as like the aftermath, or like you know, like the city was burning and now they've put the fires out and like. You walk outside in the morning and there's like glass and shit everywhere and debris and you're just kind of like walking the streets of this torn down city oh my God. and being like, this is his response to <laughs> the violence that he just witnessed. <laughs> but outside of that, I mean, it's sad, but like this, the album will live in the shadow of Adi Don. Yeah. The entire album will live in the shadow of Adi Don because of how much subbing or responding or kid talk or... I mean, the only thing that it's kind of it's not cohesive, but the only thing you can take away from it is him revealing the kid uh-huh. and him kind of trying to brush off Pusha T. Yeah, and that's it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree with you like a hundred billion percent. I think we're only just gonna look back at this as like a strange little curio. Um, in the sense that, like, man, we're going to be thinking and we're going to be talking about what was going on with Drake and, like, at that particular time. But I don't think, like, I can't imagine us referencing back to the music in any particularly significant way where it's like, man, he really changed the culture or, man, he really influenced artists the way that we've come to regard him now. 
Um, and I just think he's become a little complacent, if I'm being honest with you. I feel like this beef lit a fire under his ass, but kind of for the worse. Bad timing. Bad timing. The, I, I think the, I think him still dealing with the kid thing was the worst possible time for him to have this beef. And, like, he amped himself up for one good swing. Yeah. <laughs> well, this was, like, damage control that he just couldn't control. Like, I mean, this was his attempt at damage control. And you can tell that, like, he absolutely wasn't prepared for this because you could tell that, like, Drake is calculated in every sense of the word with how he presents himself and how he carries himself. And his every move so i personally believe we're gonna look at this album as the turning point i just don't think drake is the same person anymore i i i listen to this aubrey and i hear a not like um lyrically or musically but just like in his voice this is not the same rapper so you can go listen to more life and you listen to scorpion it's a different person for sure like real life has happened to Aubrey. Like real life has caught up with him. You can look at all the like you can look at views, you can look at more life. You can look at nothing was the same. Or if you're reading this, and he's like in a fantasy world. Scorpion's reality and it's ugly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. It's not cute. Like it's just mm-hmm. not cute. And I think that's that's something that's going to change how he has to approach music. I mean, one, like I said, like we can talk about who won and who lost, but I think he knows that push a T not only like kind of bested him as far as being crafty but he didn't get a chance to respond and i think that hurts him like even more than it hurt his family i think drake wanted smoke mm-hmm. regardless if he was gonna Absolutely. win or not i think he wanted war because i think he was very like upset about it and jay prince was like no and drake doesn't say no to jay prince so now you gotta eat that now you got this this child that you might not have planned on and you didn't intend to have and you have to deal with that and you have to deal with not having this Adidas deal. Like you're you're really coming off of the greatest rollout you've ever it had. It was going it so was well. The greatest year <laughs> Drake has ever seen. It was seen. going really well from for him. Look Alive to God's Plan to Nash for What to uh the Migos record. Everything was flawless. And then you spoke. <laughs> You <laughs> My guy, Pusha. <laughs> like, he really tried Pusha T. And that's the thing. Pusha's been one. This is like his whole life. Pusha's been waiting around for this moment. Mm-hmm. And he took advantage of all this information he had on Drake. And Drake wasn't ready. So I think we'll look back on Scorpion and say this was the turning point into the second phase of Aubrey's career. I don't know what that phase looks like. But I just know that the rapper on side A isn't Drake. That's a whole different guy. You listen to March 14th, that's not Drake. That's a whole different guy. And I think we'll see, like, we'll look at this as that uh, that bookmark into the second phase of Drake's career. All right. Well, we appreciate you guys for uh, listening to this here thing. Uh, this is Something to Say Podcast. I'm Ja. <laughs> I'm Christina. <laughs> You're just I'm like, young. oh man, and this has to end. And then now we're gonna not talk about hip hop anymore until next week. Oh. <laughs> Don't worry, the lunch table conversations will continue. The group oh, yeah, chat yeah. is popping. The group chat is de- <laughs> the group chat is definitely <laughs> the group chat is definitely on fire. So you know, maybe. Maybe one day we'll find a way to like let y'all in on a group chat. I don't know how we do that, but <laughs> until then, we out.
Yeah.